when God does something, he does it completely and he does it perfectly. And now for Leaping for Joy. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. So today, my topic is leaping for joy. Leaping for joy. As I said, I cannot physically leap for joy now because of the accident that I had. I tore my patella tendon, and so the doctors, they give me... After surgery, six months for recovery, nine full months for full recovery. And so I still want to talk about leaping for joy. Because you can leap physically, you can leap emotionally, and you can also leap spiritually. I will be coming from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 3, reading from verses 1 through 11. And it says... Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms or money from those who enter the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for money, and fixing his eyes on him, with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So... He leaped up, stood, and walked, and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging money at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. In other words, this experience blew their minds. They could not believe or they could not perceive how this is possible. Let me say this as a key point. When someone does something exceptional for you that you cannot do for yourself, it causes you to leap. If somebody were to win the lotto and give you a large portion of that money, it will bring about a lot of joy and a lot of shouting and a lot of jumping, a lot of leaping. And so to repeat, when someone does something exceptional for you that you could not have done for yourself, it causes you to leap, whether you do so emotionally or physically. Now in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1 records the ascension of Jesus, Jesus going into heaven. And he made a promise to the disciples before he ascended. In verse chapter 1 and verse 8, he said, Look, I am going to send you the promise, Holy Spirit. And when he comes, you shall receive power. You shall receive dunamis. You shall receive power. And you shall also be witnesses for me throughout 
Judea, throughout Jerusalem, and throughout the rest of the world. In chapter 2, it records the coming of the Holy Spirit. And when he came, he came with power. He came like a mighty rushing wind. Now in chapter 3, this chapter records the first miracle that Jesus' disciples performed. This is the first miracle as recorded in the book of Acts that Jesus' disciples performed. Now this miracle was performed on a man that was crippled from birth. He was crippled from birth. He was crippled for over 40-something years. Because if you go to chapter 4 and verse 22, it says that chapter 4 of Acts and verse 22, it says that this man was crippled for over 40 years. So you know what atrophy is. Atrophy is the decline of your muscles because of inactivity. Atrophy. I have that going on right now because I'm incapable of doing physical exercise that I would normally do. So my muscles have declined, they have shrunk. And so I cannot do what I did a few months ago. And so that is called atrophy. Now, I chose this story because I'm looking at the impossibilities of this occurring. Because before the incident, my accident, I've read this story over and over, and it meant nothing to me other than another miracle. But when I pulled back the curtain and I started to look closely as to what happened and putting myself in that situation, I see not only a miracle, but the impossibility of what happened, when it happened, and how it happened. So here, chapter 3, this is the encounter. The person in verse 1 was placed at the gate of the temple at the ninth hour or the third hour. That was the time in which the evening sacrifice was made within the temple. Now, this was a strategic placing of that person because this was his full-time job. He had no other ability of earning any income. So he was placed there so that he could ask for money as a means of survival, out of necessity. So the the timing was was perfect. That's when you had high traffic, the most people in the evening going towards the temple. So he would maximize his ability um, to get money within that heavy time of traffic. It's almost like when you are driving down, coming off 285, 75, the exit, and you come, you know, before you turn on the road, you get off the exit, get off, and you see people there. You see them at prime time. And sometimes you see the same person at the same spot, or you may move and go to another spot, but it's the same person. And their time, the place, and the time in which they choose to go out there because they want to maximize their opportunity of getting money. So they go there maybe in the afternoon, or they go there just before 5 o'clock because that's when most people are getting off their work. So it's a strategic placing of this man at the ninth hour. And the Bible is careful to point out that. So it's not something to be slighted or be taken lightly. So the crippled man was carried there by his friends. And so Peter and John were passing by. And he said in verse 3, give me some money, please, 
verse 4, Peter said, give me your attention. Now, the request that the beggar made was not unusual. The request, however, that Peter made was very unusual because normally if you see somebody on the side of the street or on the side of the road asking for money, you would just go and give if you so choose to do so what you have and you keep it going. You don't ask for somebody's attention. So (laughs) Peter said to him, give me your attention. So the person perked up. Because this was an unusual question. So his expectation just flew out of the roof because he was expecting something. This guy wants my attention. So it therefore means that he has something exceptional to give to me that I cannot give to myself. Something that could possibly make me joyous, cheerful, but certainly not leap. Because he lacked that ability at that given time. So the conversation continues. He said, so the man responded in verse 5, I am giving you my attention. Give me something. Give me something. Give me something. That was the beating of his heart. But he was expecting something. Then in uh, verse 6a, Peter says, I have no money. I have nothing. I have no money to give to you. Come on, man. Don't play with me like that. It would be his response, you know. Don't play with me. Come on. You're playing with me now. Can you imagine the deflation, the depression that possibly could have set in after you set up somebody like that and then you just, you didn't just slowly let that person down. You just dropped that person. I have no money to give to you. So he was just deflated, totally deflated. See, that's what he wanted. Many a times we pray for things that we wanted, that we want, and we get deflated, upset, want to walk away from God because we did not get what we want. But God does not necessarily supply our wants, but he will supply our needs in, 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 in the book of John chapter 16, it talks about joy, joy, joy. And one of the phrases that contain the word joy says that, ask whatever you will in my name and your joy shall be filled. When you get a chance, to, you can look at it. John chapter 16. And so the person was deflated. And Peter, verse 6b says, I have more than what you want. I got what you need. In the name of Yahshua. There's no other name given under heaven whereby men may be saved other than the name of Jesus Christ, Yahshua. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. There is power in that name. This coincides with what Christ told his disciples prior to him leaving in verse chapter 1 and verse 8. When I go, I shall send you another comforter. When I go, I will send you one just like me. I will send you a lawyer. I will send you an advocate. I will send one to advocate on your behalf. But he will come with power. And so evoking the name of Jesus What Peter was doing is tapping into the power that was promised through the Holy Ghost. Because you see, Jesus is the channel through which that power comes. 
And he called on the name of Jesus. And he said, get up and walk. But you see, this does not happen with everyone who just call on Jesus' name. It happens to those who are brought into a relationship with him and those who are walking in the power, unction, anointing of God's Holy Spirit. Because in the book of Acts, this same concept is captured, I think in chapter 17 of Acts, where this guy went in and he wanted to cast out demons out of this demon-possessed person. And he said, in the name of Jesus, like the disciples did, I'm casting you out. And the demon said to him, Peter and Jesus, I know, but who are you? So it's not everybody that says, Jesus, Jesus. It means that something is going to happen. But because they were in relationship with Jesus and the power, the power of the Holy Ghost was flowing through them, they could speak and it come to pass. He says, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. This is an an, um, unexpected gift. The power that came to them came through the power of the Holy Ghost. And so this man, these legs that were experiencing atrophy, these legs that have not been used for over 40 years, All of a sudden, the bones came together, muscles grew, and the man got up and leaped. I cannot do that. Even though my accident is only six months ago, the doctors told me that it will take approximately nine months from my injury to totally um, be healed. So I've been working out. Lifting weight, agility training side by side, just to develop all my muscles. But here's this man, 40 years of just sitting there doing nothing. And 40 years, and God come and say, through these brothers, say, get up, get up and walk. Now, let me just explain this. Get up and walk, okay? I'm going to sit down. Get up with my bad knee. Get up. And walk. For me, it's okay. And that's after six months. After 40 years, you're going to get up and not just get up, but show out, jump up, leap. Let me show. I don't want to fall, so I cannot tell straight, but it's called balance. When you don't use your muscles for a long period of time, you lose not the, only their ability to walk, but you also lose what is known as balance. If I jump up, I have to look where I'm going to land. In fact, I can't even hop. Because your um, athletically, your um, patella tendon is that tendon or muscle that is attached to the knee. So when that is torn, you lose your, what is known as your hop. Like if you play basketball, you cannot hop up anymore. You lose your hop. This guy didn't have any hop. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? And here he is hopping, jumping, skipping, and the Bible, for emphasis' sake, as though to accentuate the point, it says it happened immediately. It happened, okay, no rehab, no medical procedure, no walk therapy. You see, sometimes we take for granted what God does until he puts us in a situation where we have to look at what he does and appreciate even better the things that he is doing. And I said, Jesus, 
I could have done exegetical study to appreciate it. I didn't have to go through this. Anyways, it's over and it's done. (laughs) But the point is, when God does something, he does it completely. And he does it perfectly. Now today, people are talking about the Bible as something obsolete, as something old, as something irrelevant. It has no relevance to today's age, to today's society. Yet, the best today's medical procedure can do for a person that is crippled is to affix a robotic leg to that person's leg and hopefully that person can learn to walk over a period of time. That's modern day medicine at its best. Modern day medicine tells me, the doctor in his office says, this thing going to take six months after surgery. I opted not for surgery. I wanted it to heal itself because I didn't want any artificial thing within my body. So I'm doing my own therapy. I'm working out and it's coming together. But modern day medicine says this. It's going to take six months. But let's travel back 2,000 years ago when medicine in comparison to today was looked up as something primitive. The tools, the technologies that they had then, I mean, fail in significance to what we have today. And yet here is a medical procedure done by the creator within his word that man wants to label as obsolete, irrelevant, that leaps over modern day technology by light years. Man cannot duplicate this. Man cannot even come close to duplicating it because he does not have that technology today. Maybe a million years into the future or maybe less. But this took place almost 2,000 years ago in this Bible that people don't want even to read. Or even they don't even want to be seen with it. But this Bible is more relevant than modern day medicine, than the medical journals that we are reading. You want to read about medicine and medical journal, you go into God's word and look at the miracles that God performed, putting people back together without touching them, speaking a word, bringing ankles and joints and muscles back together that have never been used. This is what God does This is the God that we serve. This is the Bible that they want to tell you to do away with. There's more truth in this than any modern day newspaper can carry today. This is God, the miracle, leaping for joy. He got his heart back. But let me say this in closing. What about your heart? What about my heart? What about your spiritual hop? You were once happy with Jesus. Walking, jumping, telling everyone about Jesus from places that you go. People would know that you're a Christian because you had your spiritual hop. You were just so happy, jumping and leaping for Jesus. But now there's just total silence. When someone does something incredible for you that you could not have done, for yourself. It causes one to leap for joy. It causes one to leap for joy. And I know a lot of people talk about the Christian experience and they focus on John chapter 
14 or John chapter 16, the latter part of John chapter 16, in this life you will have tribulation. Sure, we will have tribulation. But Jesus in one chapter talks more about joy. In chapter 16 of the book of John, he talks more about joy than he talks about tribulation. These things have I written that your joy may be fulfilled. He was leaping for joy. And today when I look at the church and I know when God looks at his church, I know that he must be somewhat disappointed with us or we are carrying on. And the joy, this man had no money. This man had the ability to walk. No money, but yet he was leaping, jumping. When someone does something exceptional for you that you cannot do for yourself, it causes you to leap for joy. God has done something for us that we could not have done for ourselves. He has given us a gift that is more valuable than the gift of walking. He has given us the gift of eternal life purchased through the death, burial, and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. And that is more reason for us to leap for joy than the man walking that was paralyzed. Because eventually he died. He went back to the state that he was in. And let me say this. Even if Peter and John had given him a million dollars, that million dollars would have expired at some point of time. Even if you and I get a million dollars, that million dollars is going to expire at a certain point of time. If it doesn't expire, then our life, meaning that we will die and leave that money. What will it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? God has given unto us a gift better than what that man had. And yet we just sit dormant doing nothing. Somebody say, if I was a Christian and believe half of the things that the Christian people believe, I would be the happiest person in the world. And yet within the church you can find some of the most depressed, deleted, deflated. God has given us something that we eternal life that we could not give ourselves. Something that should cause all of us to live for joy. In closing, when someone has given someone something exceptional that that person cannot give to himself. It should cause one to leap for joy. I just want to encourage all of us because there are so many things happening, especially within this election cycle. All you're going to hear is a lot of negative, things to get you down, things to get you depressed. But there's power. There's power in the name of Jesus that can cause all of us to live above what is going on in the politics and in this world. We need to find our focus and our center again. And that is in Jesus. That is in Jesus. That is in Jesus. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And he walked. You have that authority. You have that power to speak to yourself. Speak to your soul. Speak to your spirit. And say, spirit, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in this day. Depression does not live here. Joy, peace, happiness. The joy of the Lord is my strength. When Elizabeth's baby 
when Mary came into the presence of Elizabeth and the baby was filled with the Holy Ghost, it says that the baby, when Jesus was in Mary's womb and Mary came into the presence with Elizabeth's baby, it says that the baby leaped in his mother's womb for joy. Leap in his mother's womb for joy. I'm just trying to come by to encourage us. To encourage us. Remember who we are. Remember whose we are. Father, we just thank you for this moment. We thank you for this time. We just honor you. We open up ourselves to the possession, oh God. For it, to the filling of your spirit, oh God. Fill us this day. Help us to live here, oh God, skipping and hopping. If not physically, oh God, maybe not physically, but spiritually, oh God, help us to leave this place hopping and skipping and jumping for you, rejoicing in you. In Christ's name I do pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us at Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. You are listening to BrothersOfTheWord.com. This was the message titled, Leaping for Joy, by Glendon Francis. This message is number 6628. That's 6628. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 6628 to a friend, go to BrothersOfTheWord.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because brother you need the word. Brothers of the word.